Oh my god. Is this a new episode of the Gajum podcast? Is TGP no longer on hiatus? Are we now found and not missing in action? Yes, that is correct. Uh, so sorry about our weird hiatus that we took. The end of Pride season was so crazy, so amazing. Um, we met so many amazing people and had a ton of fun. But wow, being gay is exhausting, let me tell you. Uh, I'm so excited, though, to be back with a new episode of the Gaysian Podcast, especially this episode, which is all about Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, which, if you haven't bought tickets for the movie, please go do that immediately right now as you're listening to me ramble. I will wait. Okay, did you buy your tickets? Great, cool, we can keep talking. So I saw Crazy Rich Asians last weekend, um, weekend, last week at one of the Gold Night opening screenings. And honestly, since then, I have not been able to stop thinking about it, stop talking about it, or stop telling literally every single person I meet how amazing it is and how they need to see it immediately. Like, it is truly one of the most fun movies I have ever seen. And to add on top of that, that it's like great representation and that it is an Asian American story, which is, you know, I'm an Asian American. That's like kind of my story too. And then all of these things are existing to exist for themselves and not for a non-Asian Western gaze is just, like, amazing. And, like, I had so much fun. Like, I cannot stop talking about how much fun that I had during this movie. Um, and it's, it's so important, which is why we wanted to do an episode all about it, because, like, we need to keep talking about this movie. Like, it is affecting so, so, so many people not just within the like Asian American community, but the Asian community and those outs who are not Asian and how they perceive Asians. Um, and it offers this lens into our cultures and our experiences that doesn't, you know, relegate us to being like the sidekick or the stereotype or fetishized or any kind of negative aspect of orientalizing ideas. Um, and as um, we, Nathan so like perfectly kind of states in this podcast episode, this movie is about an Asian American story and about Asians. And it's also a queer story as well. I mean, <laughs> he brought that up and I was like, that, you know, like when I saw the movie, there were so many points where I just started tearing up and I just didn't understand where the, like, what was triggering these emotions. And and, and he hit the nail on the head. Like, this is a queer story as much as it's an Asian-American story, as much as it's an Asian story. And um, and that's, that's really, really incredible. And the fact that this movie is able to do all of this and still be truly an amazingly fun romp through Singapore in the trappings of the classic Hollywood narrative, a rom-com, like... Amazing. It's like truly all I ever need. Um, on this episode, I'm joined by Andy Wheatley and Nathan Ramos, and we just talk about Crazy Rich Asians. Um, it's a really awesome conversation with two really amazing people. 
Uh, I've known Andy since college. Uh, she is one of my absolute favorite people on this planet and uh, actually one of the co-founders of the Gaijin Project, a producer on this podcast, and an amazing, amazing human being who just, honestly, I could talk with Andy about Asian representation forever, which is actually what we do every single day on Gchat. Um, and then Nathan um, is someone who the internet uh, brought to us, to each other, in each other's lives. Um, he is an amazing writer and performer based out of LA um, who who's currently doing the revival of the Mickey Mouse Club, a bunch of other really cool projects in the pipeline, um, is a Kate Fellow, which is the Coalition of Asians and Pacifics in Entertainment. And he debuted a play earlier this summer in LA at the East West Players House called As We Babylon, which is a story that talks a lot about queerness and Asianness and queerness in Asianness with a cast of all different types of Asians, which amazing. Uh, so before we get into this episode, a few quick things. Um, we definitely do talk uh, about things that could be considered spoilers. So probably best if you've seen the movie or if you've read the book before you jump on in. Um, as if you haven't done either of those, which like, what, what are you doing? Go buy a ticket, go see the movie. Um, Crazy Rich Asians is a story about Rachel Chu, a Chinese American NYU professor who uh, travels to meet her boyfriend's family in Singapore and finds out that they are like insanely wealthy. They are old money, dynasties old rich, crazy, crazy fucking rich Asians. Um, and it's the, a classic romantic comedy meet the parents type of situation, complete with an overbearing, overprotective, completely meddling mother played by the phenomenal Michelle Yeoh. Also starring Constance Wu as Rachel Chu, Henry Golding as Nick Young, Aquafina as Paik Lin, um, Ken Jeong as Mr. Go, Gemma Chan as the incomparable Astrid. The incomparable Gemma Chan as the incomparable Astrid seems, seems pretty correct. Directed by John Chu and based off of the book by Kevin Kwan and adapted to the screen by Adele Lim. Uh, a bunch of really really awesome people uh another like side note uh the gaijin project shop is finally open so you can head over to our website and pick up your, all of your gaijin merch uh whether you want one of our classic gaijin t-shirts in white or pink or if you want to pick up an ally shirt to um support the cause and just support the community uh yeah, head, head on over there. All the proceeds go to supporting the project and allowing us to continue this podcast, continue doing events, and just doing more rad stuff to help create more community for queer Asians. All right, that's enough out of me. Uh, without further ado, check out this episode about Crazy Rich Asians for the Asian Podcast with Nathan Ramos and Andy Wheatley, where we're just... Just fucking love this movie. Go see this movie. 
trouble. Musical. <laughs> we can just start singing Mamma Mia. <laughs> Do we have the rights to that? No. <laughs> Hold on, let me call up Sweden. Yeah. They're totally. Okay. <laughs> Cher, can you just come and debut <laughs> your album on our Gaijin podcast? Because she's doing Dancing Queen. Oh, like an entire album of Mamma Mia song or I mean, Abba song. That's amazing. Thank God. Because like, of course she would. Yeah. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> this is the this is the culture I've been waiting for. Honestly. <laughs> um. Well, I am here with two other people, and so that is three of us that are going to be talking about Crazy Rich Asians. Two out of three of us have had things liked by John Chu on Twitter. Two out of three of us. Work in the entertainment industry currently. One out of three of us has only had Sugarfish for the first time tonight. Three out of three of us <laughs> all loved Crazy Rich Asians. Are we supposed to talk now? <laughs> <laughs> I can keep doing fractions. Yeah, you're not Asian unless you do more fractions. <laughs> I'm trying to prove my Asianness by math. Mm-hmm. on this podcast I, I'm so bad I was a government and film studies major so I don't know how to math it's okay all of those fractions were correct yeah yes you nailed it you <laughs> nailed it thank you thank you I'll call my dad did it. um well I'm here with Nathan Ramos and Andy Wheatley uh to do a crazy rich Asian sized crazy rich Gaijin episode about crazy rich Asians how many times can I say that in one sentence um but because we this movie is so huge for like all of us in the asian community no matter what like you know like if you're south asian eastern asian middle eastern or whatever this is like such a huge moment for representation that a fucking course we had to talk about it Mm -hmm. um especially because at least for andy and i we spent the entire movie crying like fully sobbing Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah openly weeping so this may be a podcast, but it's actually our therapy session to process through <laughs> everything that happens in this, this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is group therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so please introduce yourselves. Nathan, you go. Uh, hi, I'm Nathan. Um, what should I say? <laughs> yeah. how did, how, what is your affiliation with um, so I am a writer, and uh, I've been in LA for about two years now. I should have thought of something to say about like what, who I am. I guess I didn't. But who are you? Yeah. Are you Jean Valjean um, or not? Yeah, I'm a I'm like a character driven comedy writer um, in LA. I current I uh, write for Disney right now. Um, so I created the uh, reboot of the Mickey Mouse Club, and um, which is just started airing like the second yeah, season yeah so right? we just well actually we just had this little teaser kind of like back to school special that we just put out and wasn't uh, jc chaze part of JC it jc chaze was in it it was great Bells. it was so fun um but it's, it's actually really funny because there's now like four um like either hapa or asian or Maybe quarter nice. asian <laughs> out of the six mouseketeers <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine if that had yeah. gone when we were kids no i could i mean like and they are just like they're all all six of them are just stars. It's it's incredible. Well, I mean, you have to be like at least a triple threat. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine like like if they were if this was airing like when like the Mickey Mouse like bred mm-hmm. all of the stars mm-hmm. that are on you know like, yeah Brittany Christina mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling. What if all of those Kimberly? people were Asian? Like, yeah. can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Carrie Russell. Yes. Yeah. 
fact check yes. me. Yes. Ryan Gosling. Oh, yeah, you said Ryan Gosling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fact check okay. me, bitch. Yeah? <laughs> oh, I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I didn't want to um, make it explicit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I have a specific connection to Crazy Rich Asians that, I don't know if I can, like, explicitly say, but I have a connection to uh, Crazy Rich Asians creatively. and um, The movie. Yes, the movie. Yes. And, and you're also involved with Cape. You're a Cape fellow, Yes, right? I was a Cape New Writers Fellow last year, 2017, and um, that's kind of how I got involved with Crazy Rich Asians. Um, I got to know Adele Lim, the screenwriter, um, one of the screenwriters, um, and um, through that relationship, I kind of, um, yeah, I'm now connected to Crazy Rich Asians in a really so wonderful, cool. fun way. Yeah. It's like our inside man. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andy Wheatley, who are you? Um, I have no direct affiliation with Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> Besides just loving it. Besides mm-hmm. being a total fangirl and promoting this movie like I made it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no ownership over it whatsoever. Um, I read all of the books. I've been a huge fan for a couple of years. I listen to the audibles like all the time. Um, and yeah, I'm just really excited about the movie uh, and... I hope it does really well. Yeah. Go buy tickets. Go buy tickets. Yeah, let's if you haven't seen it and it's out, which I think it will be at the point where we release this, then just turn Mm -hmm. this off real quick Mm -hmm. and go watch it and then come back. Yes, because there's probably gonna be spoilers on this since all three of us have seen the movie and or read the books. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we're going to be talking about all of it because how can we not talk about all of it? Um so Nathan and Andy are related to the Gaijin Project um, because they're the best. Um, but and I know Andy from college, and she is my like right hand person on the Gaijin Project, and has been the absolute best um, in helping run uh, the Instagram, the project in general. She's a producer on this podcast, and she's making her debut tonight. Oh, Should have like led with that. No. <laughs> but, Sorry. <laughs> Andy Wheatley debut on the podcast Nobody episode. Um, and she is just the best. So if you ever see Instagram stories on our Gaijin Project Instagram that are about um, Asian representation in the media or just like fangirling about different actors or projects coming out, it was probably Andy mm-hmm. talking about really cool people doing cool stuff. Especially if it's Constance Wu because I adore her. And we are the leaders of the Constance Wu for an Emmy nomination club. Yeah, we started that. <laughs> we tried to make it a thing. <laughs> Nobody followed it. <laughs> I did hashtag one of our photos when that time you came oh, to for watch the Emmys, Emmys with me. Mm-hmm. And I hashtagged it like Asians need Emmys too. And like that has zero other. But now Sandra Oh is nominated for an Emmy. I know. So we did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you You're were the, welcome, you were, Sandra. Yes, exactly. You, you blazed the trail. Come on the pod. <laughs> um, and Nathan got, we connected with Nathan over Instagram, as we do, mm-hmm. because that's 2018. Millennials. Um, mm-hmm. And he has, you, it's been awesome. Yeah, because, I've really just, yeah. I mean, like, I connected with the Gaijin Project because I've been really wanting to kind of make this community smaller and more connected and, and kind of create that, you know, community and family because, you know, there's, there's some, there's already something about being in either in the Asian community or the gay community, LGBTQ community, but there's something like, you know, there's something really kind of tenuous about being gay and Asian, about having that kind of intersectional space and, you know, that 
I, I really kind of connected with you because of the, I was just like, oh, I, I'm really excited that someone's creating this space for us. And so thank you for creating that space. Yeah, honestly. thank you, Maya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My pleasure. <laughs> Please give me an honorary Emmy. <laughs> Anytime. Um, and yeah, I mean, like working with you and chatting with you thus far um, has been awesome because like I we've all kind of had our hands in the entertainment industry and so much of like the Gaijin project I mean, like, the Gaijin Project was born out of a conversation regarding representation in the media. And so to be able to talk to someone like you who is, like, actively writing and creating that representation and involved with that is awesome, especially because, like you said, it goes beyond just the Asian representation and brings in the queer lens, which, Mm -hmm. like, as most of us know, is not talked about Mm -hmm. often. Um, So that is really amazing. And it's an honor to be working with you <laughs> it's an honor <laughs> to be here <laughs> she gave me a bow she, she looked bowed. yeah <laughs> she truly did <laughs> 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 girl <laughs> yeah you didn't do that yeah that <laughs> <was> like, uh, <laughs> 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 I'm just starting my Emmy mm. campaign it's like an Emmy for Megan but for me yes. who has done nothing to deserve an Emmy yeah. You will. Okay, yeah. thank you. Watch yeah. out, Megan Amram. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy rich Asians. Yeah, let's, mm-hmm. get, let's get to the get, point. Let's <laughs> get to the point. Um, I, so I am South Asian, and I'm, like, not represented in the movie, except for, like, the two seemingly Sikh bodyguards outside mm-hmm. of the um, young like mansion mm-hmm. um but yeah there there are no south asians explicitly represented in the movie and i know that people have like kind of talked there has been some criticism of crazy rich asians in that it doesn't represent all asians mm-hmm. which i'm sure we'll talk about later but i don't think that it needs to it's like its own story and it should be able to be its own story um but even though like i didn't explicitly see myself in the movie what resonated with me so much was that it was an Asian American story. It's like mm-hmm. I like I know Constance like personally. I don't. <laughs> yes, I personally know Constance <laughs> Wu. Me and her bunny hang out all mm-hmm. the time. Um, no, I wish in my dreams. Um, but like the Constance's character Rachel Chu, like it. I have been through this. Like she has had experiences that I have as an Asian American, and so to be able to like connect with such a relevant Asian American story in like 2018 and to see that on screen and to like connect with that, that was just huge for me. Cause like you, you don't see that. Absolutely not at all. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why a lot of us were openly weeping mm-hmm. in whichever screenings we went to, because it's just overwhelming to see it on mm-hmm. screen and it's just so beautiful. Like, first mm-hmm. of all, all of the actors are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you don't ever get to see that. Like, I remember when I saw Memoirs of a Geisha, I was invited to go by one of the many white people <laughs> that I knew, because that was all we, we knew. Um, and the reason that they had chosen that movie was because it was the longest movie playing and she wanted to make out with her boyfriend the whole oh time. Oh my god, yes. what? So that was the impetus for going to see Memoirs of a Geisha for most people. Were you like third people. wheel? I was like, like there were, there was one buffer for the guy and one buffer for the girl. Okay. So actually it was like a weird double date. Mm-hmm. Cool. But I actually knew the, the other 
the other buffers mm. that we got to sit there and watch Memoirs of a Geisha together. Great. As it was intended. As it was truly intended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's much better. It was much better this time around going to the theater mm-hmm. for this. Yeah. I mean, I think when I went to see the screening of Crazy Rich Asians, there was this kind of probably for the first probably like 10 to 15 minutes, like the whole audience, because it was mostly industry people, mostly writers and producers um, in the audience and influencers. And so it was this kind of feeling of for the first 10 to 15 minutes, people were holding their breath because oh. they're like, is this going to be good? Is this going to be good? Like yeah. everyone was so worried. You could feel like the, the, there, there, there's this like, there's this tangible like air in the theater, but then it was like once they got on the jet, once they got on yeah. the plane, everyone was like, okay, we're in it. We're in it. Okay. We, we got to the first 15 minutes and we can like sit down and relax and just like truly enjoy this yeah. thing. But I think that's such, it's such a, that's what happens so much with, you know, Asian things is we have such this this high you know this this such a high bar to clear for ourselves yeah, that we yeah. that we kind of put up and and kind of a high bar you know like it's just because it, it feels like this insurmountable thing you know it's been 25 years yeah. since the last you know all Asian cast has been right. in a major motion picture major, major motion picture so it's and literally it's, been my entire life like yeah. Joy Luck Club came out the year that I was born that's so like oh, same. Might... I'm also 25 as well. I was like, America. wait a minute. No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> like, I was about to get mad. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not 25. I'm not. Thank God. Yeah. I'm the baby here. Um, I'm, I'm the... Ch- I'm just going to scoot on past that comment. <laughs> um, I do think it's interesting that people talk, like people ask why this story, why is it rich Asians, why is it Malaysian, or not, Singaporean. Yeah, Singaporean why these exact type of Asians. And I just think that's not the conversation that needs to be happening, especially since it's been such a fight to get any Asian movie made. So why not pick something that is a New York Times bestseller? Mm -hmm. I think I was reading, which one was it? I was reading Jen Miyamoto's piece in the LA Times today, and she talked to Kevin Kwan, and he said about 80% of his readers are, you know, Mm non-Asian people. Yeah. So why not make it the most popular story? Mm-hmm. It's also like, yeah, I totally agree with you because it's like, why are, there's like this weird pressure for it to be something that it's not and not mm-hmm. allowing Crazy Rich Asians to just literally be about, like it is in the title that mm-hmm. it's about Crazy Rich Asians. Nobody's mm-hmm. going into this movie expecting it to be yeah. like a deep a de- portrait yeah. mm-hmm. or something that's like, you know, relating to the working yeah. class. It's right. fully escapism. Yeah. And, like, that's what I love so much about it. Because yeah. it's, like, this escapist, like, rom-com that's mm-hmm. so much fun. Mm-hmm. And, like, it should be allowed to do that. But, like you were saying, like, yeah. we have such... Th- because it's been 25 years. Mm-hmm. There's, like, this bar to be, like, okay, like, all Asians. Mm-hmm. So there has to be something deeply resonant about it. Mm-hmm. And to the movie's credit, like, it it could have just been, like, a soapy, fun rom-com, and it would have been great. But the fact that it deals with class, it deals with colorism, it deals with, you know, it deals with, you know, like, the Asian diaspora, like, that's that's why I'm still thinking about it. I watched it a week ago, and I'm still thinking about this movie, and just, it's it's truly made, like, a lasting impact. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's imprinted itself on me, and... It, because like John Chu and Adele Lim, they did such a great job of layering in, you know, so many beautiful things into the script that 
spoken so much. I mean, that the last twenty minutes of that movie, like that's that's iconic, you know. And yeah. That, yeah. I mean. And also a lot like they layers like they, there's the classism, the colorism, and all of that, and then that like the Asian American experience right. because mm. I mean. I feel like I've t- I talk about it a lot with everybody I s- I meet. Um, I read this book earlier this year called uh, Oh God, now I can't remember what it's called. Um, it was Oh God, I Which can't. One? It was with the journalist who is half Asian. She's half oh, uh, okay. Burmese. Sorry, you did tell me about this. Shit, what it was. Um, it was on Obama's like reading list. Future Face. Yes. Um, so I read this book <laughs> called Future Face, which is by this author who is like half Burmese, half like white Eastern European, and she talks a lot about her experience growing up as being half Asian because like one of the things that she drives home is that she is she never is going to look American because of like her Asian features, so she'll never look white American, um, which is like what we think the idea of American is, but then. Like, she's also not fully Burmese, so, like, where does she fall? And that is absolutely an experience for those who are, like, half Asian. And it's also such an experience for, like, Asian Americans in general as well. And I think that Rachel, like, there's a line in the movie where Rachel, Mm -hmm. like, talks, or her mom, yeah, when they're, like, dress shopping and she's like, you may have, like, a Chinese face and you may speak Chinese. Yeah, but you're different in your head. Yeah, exactly. It's true. I mean, as a half Asian person, you're neither white enough nor are you Asian enough at any given time, wherever you are. Even within my own family, from both sides of the coin, like, you're too Asian for this. You're not Asian enough for this. Like, I I mean, I think that is something that a lot of Asian Americans and half Asian people talk about a lot. So I think that was really special that they put that in the movie because it is such a different experience from the Asian American's perspective to go then to Singapore with Nick and see such a different world in many capacities, but the, the richness is just part of it. It's not the entire story. Because mm-hmm. there's like the cultural aspect. Because like you could right. take like the wealth out of it and it would still be like okay, like Rachel didn't grow up like, you know, making dumplings with her mom right. on like the week, you know, like that for big celebrations Mm -hmm. and she you know like growing up in the united states you're not going to have that like tie to like the cultural festivals in the way that you would if you had grown up in the country that you're from so i think that like that's really cool to notice like if you just you can fully take like the wealth out of it and it would still hit so hard on what that experience is like where you're like okay like i'm american like i know speaking for myself i'm fully american I'm also Indian, like, I always have this, like, weird conflict within me where it's like, because I'm so American and so, like, ingrained in American culture, do I have any right to claim being Indian or claim that culture? Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. the exact same right? Same. Yeah. It's, it's always that kind of, because I mean, I'm half Filipino, half Korean, and so I'm never... I'm too, you know, too dark and too, like, wild for Korean people. And then for too Filipino... Too wild for Korean Yeah, and then, like, Filipino people, <laughs> I'm, like, too buttoned up, you know. Like, it's 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 just weird, like, this... And then it's, like, East Asians look so looked down upon Southeast Asians, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, it's just... It's it's a lot. I mean, and I really think that the movie kind of tackles all these with such finesse. And, mm-hmm. that, that, and I think that that's... 
I think what I I'm just worried that like that the self-loathing of audiences like of Asian audiences specifically will like trump like I just don't I hate the fucking yeah can we not use that yeah yeah will we'll, like uh, you know it's but it's honestly it's it's that I don't want I had to go through my own path of like accepting myself as what who I am and what I am and even when this movie first came out when when it was first announced maybe like two years ago I hated that the the word Asian was even in the title yeah like I hated like Asianness period in my life and so it's just like because I think that like I feel maybe in the zeitgeist in general the Asian zeitgeist that like we are learning to accept ourselves and mm-hmm. love ourselves and so like I've since accepted this title but I've definitely seen online and Twitter and on Facebook of people that are still like oh like 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 but why does it have to be an Asian exactly exactly why does it have to be an Asian thing you know I had a full car ride I told you about this Mm -hmm. um a family friend was like driving me home to the airport um a couple weeks ago and this person like came out to me as a Trump supporter which was a lot to handle um but like we had this whole conversation about like representation and so she kept pointing to Black Panther she was like, mm-hmm. why does it have to be, a, like, why are we talking about them being black? Why can't it just be a movie that has, like, good actors in it? And I but was, it is that, though. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, no, like, you're kind of missing the point of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting because she had, like, the same point about Crazy Rich Asians. She was like, why does it have to be a, an Asian movie? And I was like... How do I, it's like a lot of mental gymnastics Mm -hmm. to like deal with that perception because Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, like by saying that, like, why does it have to be an Asian movie? You're like making this implicit assumption that the baseline for all stories is whiteness. Yeah. And And, that that we all have to line up and explain to you why it should be Asian at all. Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. is crazy because it's like, no, like, why, you know, like, why can't I, I want like a... I want a vapid, like, movie about richness and love and stuff, but, like, with people who look like me or yeah. who mm-hmm. have, like, the similar experiences as I do because, I mean, as much as I love The Princess Diaries, Mia doesn't look like me. You know, like, that's, mm-hmm. like, an experience that's, like, Do you want different. to look like Mia? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... A little bit. A little now, bit. Now, now. Now. I mean, when I was a kid, I, I basically can pass as white. You guys can't see me. Nathan's my <laughs> man. Um, and I, I mean, when I was growing up in the South, I did look different from other people, but, you know, it wasn't always assumed that I was something else because that wasn't really a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely really wanted to be white. Like, I really, really, truly did because that's all you ever saw in life and on TV. Not that I was allowed to watch TV. Um, but my, my best friend at the time was a white, very blonde girl. And I just wanted to be that. And I just couldn't understand why I was different. And it's just so confusing as a kid. And I think being able to see a movie like this or the shows that are like fresh off the boat coming out, like I think that's so important for kids to be able to see that. And not just kids, adults too. Mm -hmm. But I mean, those are your formative years. And it's so confusing when people are asking you if your mom is your nanny or, you know, other inappropriate questions mm. such as those, it, it is a very confusing thing, and I think it's so lovely to see all the different kinds of Asians, even though most of them are playing Singaporeans, there were many, many different Asian actors in the movie, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. 
I, your point about like the Asian self-loathing thing that's like so real mm-hmm. <laughs> like so yeah. because it's like we just don't Asians in general just d- are othered like we're yeah. just like inherently othered from western society so it's like we're never gonna fit in and then that creates this thing where it's like I really want to fit in because like yeah, same definitely. I wanted to look like yeah. Blake Li- I was like obsessed with Blake Lively like Sisterhood mm-hmm. of the Traveling Pants yeah, I was wow. like I do not identify with America Ferreira because she looks too similar to me, so I'm going to latch on <laughs> to Blake Lively because yeah. she's, like, the popular one. Yeah, but even, like, just under the lens of, like, this is the Gaijin Project, it's just, like, there is... It's even worse being two things, yeah. you know? And yeah. it's, it's worse, you know, it's it's this... It's this it. The fact that, like, I will never... Like, because, I mean, like, I feel like in my lifetime, like being Asian will, like, come into some sort of acceptance, but, like, I don't know if being gay and Asian, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's ever going to reach a point where, like, I will be loved, you know? Yeah. Or, like, when, like, someone will, like, like me, you know? Like, when, like, it's, just, it's like, I, luckily I'm at a point in my life where I, like, finally love myself, but I mean, like, it's, like, it's it's hard it's very hard to like you know find an intersection it's almost hard. it's almost like it used to be like i would look at how the people and i'd be like oh like you're lucky like you get to sometimes be white but it yeah. comes with its a completely different set of horrible challenges of like yeah. you know standing in two places at once and not really having a you know being on sinking sand on both sides <laughs> you know and it's like and so like and it's also why a lot of my work has to do with like hapa people because we just kind of it's it's so much easier to just like either destroy yourself or destroy other people that don't fit in easily ready available mm-hmm. boxes like it's mm-hmm. easier to be like oh asian and then nothing else but it's like we have to like you know a rising tide like raises all boats kind of thing and i think yeah. that's what crazy rich asian does with i mean like henry golding is i thought he was incredible in the movie and, and yeah. sonoya like there's there's two hopper people right there like two Beautiful. Yeah, yes. and like just like just kill, and just so talented, you know, yeah. and just so wonderful, and like, yeah. So, can we talk about how like sexy the men were as well? Because oh lord, clearly that's a thing <laughs> yes. that we need to overcome as mm-hmm. an Asian society. Yeah, and Henry Golding and mm-hmm. whoever played Colin Koo, I don't remember yeah, his yeah, name yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris Pang, Chris Pang. Thank you. Yeah. And then who played Michael? Oh my god, Michael destroyed oh, my life. Oh, yeah. They oh my literally god. did a shower shot. Yes. Like, full abs. Like, I'm so glad my fiance's not in the room right now. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> um, but he would. He was actually very pleased because he's always like, why can't the Asian be mm-hmm. the, the lead, the male romantic lead? Like, crazy mm-hmm. rich, or cr- crazy rich, crazy ex-girlfriend has that, and that yeah. was such a big thing. Oh my god, he's thing. so hot right now. Like, mm. as a side note. Hansel <laughs> is so hot. He's so ripped. He's like getting like yeah, Vincent superhero is doing, he's body. Doing, it's yeah. just a lot. He's giving his life. No, but I totally agree. When I, the, that shower scene, I was like, in my head, I was like, yes, finally. Mm. Like, Honestly, finally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Chu in the step up, step up two, I believe it was that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my god, I just forgot his name. Don't, okay. Ju- the dancer guy, the one that plays. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Harry Shum Jr. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I think he is good at showing. Not just specifically him, but you know, he's mm-hmm. good at showing the sexiness of, yeah. <laughs> of Asian men. And what I love is that what I love is what we're seeing is an evolution where it's like these men, they weren't necessarily 
they were all sexy in a very like asian specific mm-hmm. way like they didn't need to look like i mean yes yes their bodies were more like western like mm-hmm. in like this idea of beauty but yeah. like Harry Shum Jr. is, you know, a more slight, like, yeah. man, and, like, and, and, and same with, like, Chris, but, like, and they're all, like, I, I, I know Chris, I mean, that's a, Chris, you oh. look good, no, <laughs> but, like, uh, uh, well, now I feel yeah, no, 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 but, I mean, they're all, like, yeah, oh, no, no, no. yeah, yeah, okay, no, okay. No. and, um, but, I, like, it, it, it was just so fulfilling to also just to see them be, be sexy like with with like with without the context of western ideals of sexiness like you know like being in asia and being Mm -hmm. sexy was it's it's such a let us let's remove this this control that we've had to live with Mm -hmm. our entire lives and put them in a space where you know they get you get to create your own barometer of attractiveness which i loved yeah it was like everybody was hot but like for themselves Mm -hmm. like it was like asians being hot as hell for asians and not you know to be desired by like a white gaze Mm -hmm. because like i mean a white gaze from the camera was like not there um and then also like there weren't well uh in the new yorker Mm -hmm. uh piece about watching crazy rich asians as an asian american Mm. the writer has this talks about how i will read the quote um, she talks about how, like, the white, all the white people in the movie are, like, extras. Like, mm-hmm. they're used, um, like, let's be said, they are tokens in the way that minorities have traditionally been in American movies. Mm-hmm. Which is really, it's like this inversion of the, like, white gaze. Mm-hmm. And for, which is so empowering. Because it's like, everybody is just existing to exist. And it's like, cool, I can exist to exist without needing to feel accepted even though that's always going to be there when you're a minority or a part of a marginalized community or communities but it allows you to like it allows that kind of need for acceptance to lessen its hold just a little bit which is amazing can i ask did you guys realize when you were watching were there points within the movie where you were like there are no white faces here did did you like take note of that while you were watching there were times where I would just start tearing up and you don't really know why yeah. until you realize like you're getting to you're it's like because I feel like every single movie I've had to watch my entire life you have to go from like point A to B to get to C which is like the story but like in this I finally for the first time was able to just go to a, from A to C and it was it was it just it feels like this this weight gets lifted you know and and um I mean, like, I had, I read the script maybe, like, a year, over a year ago, and so when I was um, doing some stuff for it, and I, um, that was the first thing, because I didn't know the book, I hadn't read the book before, and I just read the script at first, and I was just like, oh, like, this is really, like, truly... And an Asian story, and but the, the crazy thing was like when in in all the interviews where Kevin Kwan is like, yeah, production companies were like, we want a white female lead. It's like I can't even imagine because then it would like literally the whole story would just be yeah. about accepting whiteness into you know like this this world, and like yeah. it's just like and, and immediately everything becomes exoticized. Immediately everything is like becomes about like the wonder of oh my gosh, people yeah. like how do people exist, you yeah. know. 
and I'm just so glad that that didn't happen. I'm so glad that they they just like fought so many battles. Like they're just the, just reading about how many battles the the team had to go through to get this movie is just really insane. I mean, the fact that this movie was only th- a thirty million dollar budget, like yeah, it's in Singapore, it's insane. Talking about crazy rotation, it's insane. They like... land a helicopter on like an island, and then there's like a floating boat, and then they're like shooting rocket launchers, and they rented a shipping cargo hold, like. What what there's like twelve set pieces and this thirty minute like hit to give you an idea like hidden figures which had zero set pieces which was basically shot in like six locations in like Atlanta, where you exactly million, exactly was like that was a thirty million dollar movie like no. and well, the salaries of Taraji that's true I hope, that's true I hope and I hope so yeah the mag was a hundred and fifty million dollars and apparently looks like garbage how much do you think they can stay <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Ruby Rose is in that too. Oh, well, just anyways, moving on. <laughs> Rose. Um, no, that's like I was talking to Andy about this because the whole moment where um, they, uh, Aquafina and Constance, Rachel and Pickling, um, walk into the young manor, mm-hmm. and Nick is showing Rachel like kind of just sh- welcoming her mm-hmm. into his home, and like shows her this tiger so like my grandfather killed a leopard that was attacking his village super casual super casual so that whole moment i was like whoa like that like that's an interaction that i have had with people that i've dated Mm. but the difference in this situation was that he didn't have to explain the cultural part of it Mm -hmm. it was just like it was just accepted. Like, there were all of these Mm -hmm. things, all of these experiences that were already known, Mm -hmm. and there wasn't a need to have this, like, you know, cultural education of what it is to be Chinese and then what it is to be Singaporean Chinese Mm -hmm. and then super wealthy Singaporean Chinese. Yeah. And that's, like, that, like you were saying, that completely changes if Rachel was a white American because then it would be like, all right, like, let me back up. She'd so be like, be Chinese. tigers. Yeah. Be like, be like, what? This was a yeah. jungle? And it's yeah. like, yeah, so, like, let me pull out a map. Singapore was, like, mm-hmm. in, you know. Which they do do with Aquafina's character. Like, they do give us, like, pre- the, the, the Cliff Notes version. Because, I mean, like, I don't know that stuff yeah. either, which was, and so it's, it's definitely helpful to piece that through. They but, had a map yeah. on, like, a yeah. handbag. <laughs> yeah. Which was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we never gave, like, a plot overview. That's necessary at this point, or are we? I mean, I can just like put it in the intro. Okay. Yeah. I just thought I would just like assume everybody has already seen it. Yeah. I mean, I (laughs) hope so because we're talking Mm -hmm. about all of the specifics. But that's like it's it's so for me like I you're right that like where you're you're tearing up and you don't know what's happening Mm because like that happened to me so many times I was just like I don't like uh, I don't know what's happening but I'm like feeling so mm-hmm. emotional about mm-hmm. like I, te- I was texting Andy like right after I got out of it like literally just like sitting in my car in the parking lot because I just couldn't process it fully yeah. mm-hmm. and just didn't understand the emotions that I was feeling but I remember like in regards to like the white faces um mm-hmm. at the very beginning where they um the young family walks into what the Carlisle that's not the name of the hotel yeah yeah um <laughs> And I saw, like, I knew, uh, reading the book, like, I knew exactly what was going to happen, but seeing those, like, Brit- you know, like, pretentious, racist British, like, bellhops and whatever, concierge, I was 
like, very angry. Like, my reaction was, like, who are these interlopers in my movie? Like, yeah. I, you know, like, they didn't belong there. But that was necessary. Exactly. To give yeah. context, and then you said goodbye yeah, to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It was, <laughs> like, definitely a subversion of the tropes. Yeah. Usually yeah. it's, like, you know, oh, look at these brown people that are, like, harassing this white woman, and yeah. she, like, you know, puts and them in their place. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Monaco, yeah. Friday yeah. nights on ABC. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, but I thought like that there were so many finesses because I mean like in the book what happens is like she buys the hotel and she fires them mm-hmm. but I think that there's these little nice touches that Adele did that um it's actually the sister it's not even Eleanor that buys it it's the sister yeah so they did like simplify it uh-huh yeah yeah no 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 <laughs> totally and but it was like it's like oh that's way more powerful to help have you keep working for her you know yeah. it's just like to be like yeah, I own this, and now um, you are my property. You yeah, know, like it's like, yeah, yeah, not really, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's that yeah. kind of <laughs> the hell. Yeah. There were truly so many moments that like will resonate with anyone that has an Asian family, especially mm. for me personally. The dumpling scene, yes. I immediately was crying again. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that's so beautiful to see because there are so many times before weddings and parties that you're sitting with your family making dumplings watching your grandmother and your aunts make dumplings and i thought that was really lovely that again nick doesn't have to explain that to rachel he's not like this is why dumplings are a chinese thing you know i don't know how you would even explain it this food is delicious eat it but um she knew what it was already not that she knew how to like make it exactly right or whatever but she still knew about it and she didn't need to be taught from scratch exactly what was going on here and like you're rich why are you making them kind of thing it's more it's so much more about the family aspect and so much of this movie revolved around the asian family yes Mm -hmm. yeah for better or for worse because obviously eleanor meddles nick's mother eleanor meddles way too much (laughs) um and most of them meddle quite a bit but Mm -hmm. I mean, that is the Asian family. It is such you. an Asian thing. I mean, like, my grandmother, like, tried to kill herself on my parents' wedding day. Like, I mean, like, but it's, like, very Korean. Like, very, like, because, like, my mo- my mother was, like, marrying this, like, brown South Asian man. And yeah. she's just, like, she, like, threw herself in front of a car. And they're just, like, okay, but get in your dress, grandma. But she showed up. Yeah, oh she God. showed up. You know, but, like, it's that thing of, like, you know, like, the men, like, in Korean culture, like, you, like, beat the husband, like, the husband to be, like, with sticks. And, like... They, like, beat my dad up, you know? <laughs> like, and it's just, like, it's, like, all these things, you know? Like, li- literally, like, my other friend, he's Korean, he was marrying his Japanese girl, and his mother was just, like, she, like, didn't come to the wedding, you know? It's, yeah. like, I think, like, it's, like, and there's a show, Kim's Convenience, that's all. Yes, uh, and, yeah. but it's, like, it's, like, oh, like, I'm disowned, but I'm just, like, but I'm not really disowned, but it's, like, it's it's a very, like... Oh, we disown people. Yeah, every yeah. Day. Everyone's disowned, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, my mom, my mom got disowned for marrying my white father yeah and they did not come to the wedding and it mm. was you know a big big deal for a really really long time yeah we were the my sister and i were the first half asian in our family and then you know wow. all of my cousins have married white guys not all of them but, yeah but you know they're all having little hot yeah, movies yeah. too so mm-hmm. we just started the trend but you know mm-hmm. it was a big big deal yeah but we, we don't see uh I think we talk about this, or I've talked about this a lot, how it's so hard to sometimes bring Asian stories into a Western audience because of that. You know, like, the family dynamics and the culture is just, like, in Western spaces, it's all individualistic. But in Asian spaces, it's all about family. And it's like, 
you can be a westernized Asian family and it still be so much about family. And, like, how do you tell a story to a Western audience that allows them to connect to that? Because mm-hmm. it's, like, I mean, Crazy Rich Asians does a phenomenal job because it just yeah. lays that through line of, like, the, you know, like, the rom-com and mm-hmm. the, like, from two separate star-crossed lovers right. and things mm-hmm. like that. But in general, it's, like, it's such a, a difficult thing to overcome because especially when you start talking about political issues or things like queerness, um, like trying to navigate that in an Asian setting and have it relate to a Western setting is so different because, like, you are dealing with, like, in a Western space, the importance of found family in queer spaces where it's like, okay, if, you know, tragically your biological family disowns you, um, then you still have an opportunity to create, like, this incredibly strong family for yourself which I mean like doesn't negate like the awfulness of losing your biological family but you still have this opportunity to create this space for yourself and in Asian families it's like that tragedy of losing your family seems to me to be like much more devastating because it's like you lose so much like were that I'm grateful that that did not happen to me and I still have, like, my family is, like, super, super supportive. But to be able to connect the fact that, like, losing your family and, you know, bringing dishonor, if it's viewed as that by being queer to your family, is, like, something that we want to avoid. Like, no matter how, like, American and individualistic you are, you're just like, no, no, I don't, Mm -hmm. like, I can't. Like, I don't want to, like, shame my family. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, like, disappoint them in any way. Mm -hmm. And, like, how do you... that's, like, really hard for a lot of Western, like, folks to, like, get. Because they're like, just yeah. fuck your family. Like, just yeah. do it. But, I mean, I think that's why this movie resonates so much with so many queer people that I've that have seen it. I mean, because, like, I was basically disowned by my family when I was 19. And so, and, like, still don't have a relationship with my... I mean, like, that was 12 years ago. I still don't have a relationship with my parents, you know? And it's... And so, when, you know, like, in the movie when when Rachel is like this is a lose-lose situation like mm-hmm. if I if I stay with Nick he'll resent me because he won't have his family advice and and like if and if Nick chooses his Nick chooses you then like he'll resent you for the rest of his life and so like I'm gonna make the choice to walk away and I think that's so much that's that in itself is a queer narrative really yeah. of just like I'm going to take this burden of unhappiness and because like I'm strong enough to bear I've bared I've I, you know, like, I knew that my parents were going to disown me from, like, the age of 10. So, like, yeah. for, like, for like almost a decade, I was just like, okay, like, my parents, like, want me to be dead. And so, when I was 19 and, like, it was confirmed, then it was just like, okay, like, I, that's okay. Because, like, you can harbor all your anger and resentment because, like, I've already processed that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, from a young age, like, I've processed that. So, like, I'm able to move on. And, and like, I think that that's what is so resonant about Rachel's character where she that strength of that character is so mm-hmm. relatable to the queer community and so relatable to really any Asian who, who didn't grow up on the coast. You know, yeah. when you're when you're the only person that you see in the mirror, it's like, okay, I either have to be strong enough today to get through the day in Tennessee or like <laughs> or like I'm gonna kill myself, you know? And yeah. like it is what it is, you know? And like I don't know where I'm going with that, but I mean <laughs> like, yeah, I mean that's that's why I think like the crazy rotations tells this 
it's 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 an Asian American story. It's an Asian displaced story, and it's it's all it's a queer story too to me. Yeah. No, I didn't. Th- I mean, like, I didn't think about that explicitly, but that makes so much sense because you you do like you do. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. In some, yeah. in I am some. really glad though that one of the the points that I had with the book was that I didn't feel like Rachel's character had enough agency. And I'm really, really pleased with how they changed, not even, like, a lot. They didn't make huge changes mm-hmm. to her character. It just seemed like what her character would do yeah. more. Mm-hmm. And I'm so pleased with the way that they did that because it was just so much more powerful for her to make that choice mm-hmm. and state that choice. Because really, in the book, she she goes to Pickland's house and she hides out and she doesn't really confront anyone she just has, you know, that conversation with her mom about her mom's past, and then Nick is there. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm glad that they they added that in because I think that's so important to see that decision made as a female Asian. You can obviously apply it to different situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just super empowering. It really like, truly was. Yeah. Everyone is talking about how it's like, yes, Crazy Rich Asians is like bringing back the classic rom com, mm-hmm. and like. It is, but it isn't. Because, like, Rachel is... Yes, she is a straight man of the movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, she is not, like, this damsel in distress that mm-hmm. needs Nick to come rescue her. She is the Elizabeth Bennet. Yeah. She is absolutely I, Elizabeth Bennet. What do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about? Are you talking about, about Pride and Pride? I'm so sorry, <laughs> Professor Bilger. I, I, like, did not actually <laughs> forever. Our friendship is over. Which is funny because, like, we took a class about... Jane Austen. Austen. <laughs> she did not show. do the source. Ma- she did not do the reading for the class. Listen, I hated <laughs> Jane Austen so much. I wrote my final paper on Hitch. I like made a Jane Austen paper about Hitchcock, so I could primarily write about Hitchcock. Versus, anyways, uh, hi Professor Bilger, I love you. <laughs> she was amazing. She was amazing. Anyways, Rachel is the Elizabeth Bennet <laughs> character in that she's strong independent woman as independent as you could have been in regency england Mm -hmm. and she made those decisions she didn't necessarily Mm -hmm. need darcy Mm -hmm. rachel doesn't necessarily need nick but they love each other and that was at the it's all about the marriage plot obviously because it's an austin novel Mm -hmm. and that's what this movie is about as well but that's also something that everyone understands because it's been in culture for millions of years millennia millennia Yeah. yeah, it's so cool because um, the way that she doesn't need it's it's like a love story. I don't, I like when I think about culture and like all of the like images of love and romance that we're like inundated with growing up. It's all of those stories, all of those rom coms that we've seen are like straight up toxic relationships. Like it's just like not. I mean, a hundred percent. Not not healthy at all. So it's like when when I started dating, I had like all these weird ideas of what romance was that like not romantic. Mm-hmm. You don't just, like, have to like go to the airport. Fully, I mean, that's, that's like, what happened in this movie. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I feel like in this movie, it's yeah. not. Like, there are problems in the relationship, but it's not, it's like a, it's a give and take. They're both so it's respectful. It's healthy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And even, like, like, they took all these things and subverted them. Because that, that, the plain moment is not romantic. It's, no. it's romantic because it's not romantic. It's romantic right. because it's very real. Like, people are like, you know, like, 
there's this wonderful sequence at the end of the movie where where um, Henry Golding is you know like trying to get to Constance who plays Rachel and um, and Nick is just like trying to he has to maneuver his way through like the aisles of this airplane and it's it's subverting this romantic comedy plot of like you know when you think of the bodyguard and they're at this airplane and he, he they do that beautiful sweeping shot around like there's no sweeping shot around it's just this cloistered like we are stuck are in this in small economy. space <laughs> exactly in economy and like that's the and the reality of it and yeah that's what i loved about it but i wanted to bring up because this is the gaijin project that there's so much there i've i've said this for years that asian culture is gay culture yes because yes. asian culture is so inherently like it's it's so cloistered but it's also so extravagant mm-hmm. and there's this kind of duality to like there's like this shame culture in, <laughs> in be, of being asian but there's also this like you know like get on the elephant and get on the you know like just the bright colors the beautiful bold patterns and i mean like when you when you watch crazy rich asians there there are several just like insanely insane que- insanely queer uh, moments like the wedding um, yes uh, like you know talk about the wedding? i mean when the flooding happened i said stop the runway queen like she I literally was... the glittered legs yes. that dress and... i like She's fully gorgeous. like it was fully mm. silent and yes. i was holding my breath i was like i don't know what's mm. happening i was trying like... to hold in my sob so i didn't ruin yeah. it for other people yeah it was like yeah. that's it was amazing because in the book they talk about this wedding being like so extravagant mm-hmm. and insane right. and like the way that it plays out in the movie yeah it's extravagant they're flooding the aisle yeah but it's done in this like understated like yeah. beautiful way mm-hmm. but like i totally agree with you because I, like i say that a lot too yeah. like asian <laughs> culture is like inherently yeah, queer it's so queer it's so queer <laughs> And it's, like, not even just, like, the colors and, like, the extravagance and things like that, but, like, the way in which, like, Asian cultures, like, fuck with gender, Mm -hmm. fuck with, like, masculine and feminine presentation and how it's not, it's, like, not what we in Western spaces have grown up with. It's fully different because, like, masculinity is, has, embraces femininity much more. And femininity, Mm -hmm. you know, like... There is the matriarchal society that, like, that adds so much more power to the women in society and respect mm-hmm. that is not, well, it's like, okay, like, to mm-hmm. be fair, in 2018 in America, that's absent. Like, we don't respect women. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just Personally, you don't. Yes. Just really getting into mm-hmm. my, like, toxic behavior. Yeah, this uh, is an intervention, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, and I like what I loved so much, and what I was like, this movie is a gay ass movie. Was just how they placed it in like old Hollywood, like the aesthetic was like this oh, old Hollywood, like just extravagance with like the jazz music, and it was like, am I in the Great yeah. Gatsby? But like mixed with like a New Orleans type of vibe, mm. and. It, and was, it was better than Baz Luhrmann's Great Gatsby, so. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no. I'm sorry to all the Baz Luhrmann stands. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any Baz Luhrmann stand stand the Great Gatsby. I'm sure there were some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, that like that that felt gay. Like that yeah. felt so gay. I was like Marilyn, where where's Rachel? Yeah. Are you my Marilyn? Mm-hmm. Is this like yeah the Smash revival that mm-hmm. we've been looking for? Yes. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> set pieces are gay. That's the thing. Like, so if you like set pieces and you're a straight person, you're gay. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, now you know. Yeah, text me. <laughs> at him. I mean, at yeah, him. at me. So give out your personal phone. Yeah. Number <laughs> yeah. <laughs> five, five, five. Yeah, exactly. Please. Yeah. Um, and the food. The food. We can't, like, end this conversation without talking about... Because going back to, like, how, um, you know, like, Rachel being Asian, you don't mm-hmm. have to explain things to her. Mm-hmm. Like, if she were white, I feel like that whole sequence where they're in the food market yeah. would be like, what is that? I and mean, like, he was doing some explaining because it's very specific to Singapore. Yes, yes. But it wasn't, but like, this like, weird, yeah, like, yeah. that is a weird yeah. food. Well, she did say something was, like, vomit, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Probably, yeah, like, yeah. the shave eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were, like, pouring the, yeah. like, condensed yeah. milk over. Yeah, yeah. Um, tasty vomit. But I think that, like, honestly, to give John True credit, like, that was one of the most well-done kind of, like, not b-rolly but like just like kind of like montage. visually narrative yeah montage like so effective of just you know like really showing us like place and really really giving us that relationship between the four of them like yeah. in an instant and yeah. completely showing not telling mm-hmm. which is yeah. rule yeah. number one <laughs> yeah also food is queer like we're like yeah. you know <laughs> food, is food is asian food is asian, food is asian. Is asian. yeah if you have ever been around an Asian person, I'm sure they have tried to feed you. Yeah. I do it all the time. Every single member of mm-hmm. my Asian family does. That is how we show love as a culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you share your food and you, like, want, if you tell someone they're too skinny and they need to eat, mm-hmm. that is literally... Yeah. And making so somebody food yeah. that, like, from your culture is, like, the highest form. Like, that's just... And it's also such a revealing moment, too, that, like, he knew... Even though she's Asian American, I feel fine about showing her this because I know she's not going to shut me down. For me, I've had yes. so many instances where when I was growing up, every single person in my school was white, except for my sister, obviously. But they would be like, what are you eating? Why are you eating with sticks? That's yeah. gross. That smells weird. Why does it look like that? What is wrong with you? Like, there are so many times <laughs> where the food has been such an other thing, mm-hmm. and now Korean food is the hottest show on the planet. Mm-hmm. So, get on board, everyone. <laughs> yeah, my, I had, yeah, my high school was, like, predominantly white as well, and yeah. my golf coach, like, I remember my, like, junior year, he said some shitty things about Indian food, because people love to be like, Indian food gives me the shits, and it's like... Yes, and also, like, so it's still delicious. Like, I'm lactose intolerant, so pizza technically gives me the shits, but I'm yeah. not, like... Do you say that to every Italian person? Yeah, I just, exactly. like, go up to my Italian yeah. friends, like, your food gives me the shits. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's... But, yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. It's such a big part of who we are as a culture mm-hmm. in every part of Asian culture, each, each Asian country. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just think that was such a great... Point in the movie to really get it going mm-hmm. like we are in asia now mm-hmm. this is such an asian thing they want to share this experience with rachel who is an asian american yeah and they really want to bring her into it and i just thought that was a great way to like really and, kick off yeah mm-hmm. and food is like so so hot right now no food is like so relatable because you mm-hmm. have like i mean anthony bourdain like revolutionized the way that we think mm-hmm. about food May mm-hmm. rest yeah. yeah and and then you also have people like Eddie Wong and um, 
David Chang. David Chang, yeah. yeah. Who are, I mean, like, speaking about food as being, like, such an essential part of the Asian experience, like, mm-hmm. both David Chang and Eddie Wong are exploring what it means to be Asian through food. Mm-hmm. Like, All of Ugly Delicious is, like, David's, mm. like, exploring why like Asian food is held in a weird lower standard towards mm-hmm. other West, you know, like Italian mm-hmm. food. Like, like this whole through line is like, yeah, like in Asian cultures, yeah. we have dumplings. So does Italian food. Why is like Asian food seen as cheaper? Colonization. Yeah. <laughs> what a beautiful song. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Um, but it, and that's so cool. Like for John to like put that, like, food at such, like, a central... It, like, the food was, like, a character in its own way, as yeah. much as, like, Singapore was a character in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so instantly relatable. Like, sharing food with your friends. Like, yeah. going out for beers and, like, just, like, putting a pile of, like, food on the table. Mm-hmm. No matter what culture you are, that's, like, an instantly relatable thing. Mm-hmm. And for it to be, like, essentially Asian and an essential part of Singaporean culture, it's like, yeah, got it. God, this place isn't this like exotic like unachievable or unrecognizable dreamland it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. also could be downtown LA mm-hmm. which is pretty cool yeah and it also made me ravenously hungry and I yeah was like, do not go yeah. see this movie on yeah. empty stomach <laughs> or at least have plans to go eat mm-hmm. Asian food right after yeah. I feel like they should have this movie like they should do screenings of this movie where they like bring out like Asian food. They should do right? a cookbook yeah. for sure. Oh, and the yeah. vinyl the because the soundtrack is amazing. The soundtrack is stunning. It's amazing. Like, the yeah. only non-Asian person on that soundtrack is Miguel. Yeah, appropriate, yeah. appropriate. Which is fine. It's fine. Yeah. That's fine. He also did a song on Coco, so that's great. Oh, he did. Okay, yeah. okay Miguel. Okay, Miguel. I <laughs> <laughs> um, love the good representation film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you think about? So there is. We talked about how it is queer like uh-huh. qu- crazy rich asians is pretty much crazy rich gaysians yeah. in a certain sense um but there's also uh the cousin cousin oliver oliver played by nico mm-hmm. santos, nico yeah, santos yeah, yeah. yeah who's who amazing is, like the gay character in the movie and i mm-hmm. think in the book he's a little bit more tokenized than he is in the movie like i felt I like don't he think was... he's clearly gay in the books i thought he was clearly gay was in the he? books now I can't remember. I might just be... Pre- I was just like... I yeah, think, like, I think you, it's just you, like, you, you, you're you, gay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, mean, I think it was <laughs> obvious, yeah. Yeah. it was not stated. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel sure, like stated, sure, sure. not clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was like... <laughs> I love Nico, and he's amazing in Superstore. So funny. That accent was a lot to handle. You know... <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, they were cast so staggered, and, yeah. like, they just didn't have a lot... I don't think that they had a lot of time to be, like... You know, like let's get you a dialect. Yeah, coach. yeah, let's get you a dialect coach. Well, also because, with like, a thirty yeah. million dollar budget, you don't yeah, really have I mean, a like, space. Yeah, yeah, like, gosh, I mean, and the great thing is, like, I don't know, I, I, I thought that because him and Aquafina, like, you know, like they're so hardworking, and like, you know, just like all those comedy people in that in that movie, like, make no mistake, like they're like they like will they will they are the they are like the hardest working people in uh, show Ken business. Tom. Yeah, yes. all of them. And so, like the comedy people, like they're just like that. Their craft is so specific, and just mm-hmm. like the way that because I mean, a lot of their scenes were heavily improv. Yeah. And so you know, like the scene between Nico and Aquafina, 
like just like right when um you know when Tequin comes oh, back to the bar amazing. like that was all just them just like you know like really listening and responding to each other in just like a really wonderful way so like for me I think like it's so important to have those moments to like really let let us breathe because I mean like it's we're so getting we're getting so hammered into the ground with you know like tradition and like fish out of water story but like you need those kind of buoyant moments yeah. and so like yeah but i mean like i don't personally know what a singaporean accent is supposed to sound like and you know well, they like, all are supposed to speak in like proper queen's english okay okay yeah that was yeah. like actually <laughs> yeah they talk about queen's english a lot okay okay well, yeah. That, but, I you mean, know, aside from his... He was giving you queen, his, it's English, his, hey, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but, how, I mean, like, I thought he that was, like, per- perfectly played. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't make me feel like, oh, they're, like, tokenizing him because he's gay or, like, you know, making him more effeminate or, like, campy in mm-hmm. ways that are, like, weird and stereotypically offensive. So it, it was, didn't bother you that he was, like, in charge of the no, I would have been in charge of the makeover too if I had gone over there. I'd been like, "What are you wearing?" <laughs> I also was just yeah. like, "It's that's his like everybody in that movie mm. was kind of like really over the top." I mean, like the Singaporean side, right. like people were like pretty mm-hmm. over the top, and I, like, I was like, "Okay, he's over the top," but yeah. it wasn't in an offensive way. Like I didn't feel like it was like playing up some aspect mm. of his sexuality, right? Yeah. And the fact that he was just like such an important part of the family mm-hmm. like just nobody yeah. like everybody knew that he cousin oliver was like he's the, the varus yeah. he's the varus of crazy rich asians <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i feel like they would have been more upset that he's poor yeah <laughs> yeah. True, yeah true but i do feel like the like more of the reason why he was involved with rachel's makeover and like helping her out was more because he felt like the rainbow sheep so mm-hmm. as you said instead of you know that he's like the gay flamboyant yeah. one. It's mm-hmm. more of like I have the empathy to understand exactly. what you're going yeah. through. And have the skill set to help you right. here. Which yeah. goes back to that, like what you were talking about, how like Rachel's story is like a queer story as well as an Asian American story, which is mm-hmm. like really, really cool to see that it it all intersects. Like this it it's not shying away from like looking how looking at how all of these identities co- like coalesce. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. SAT. Um, and instead of like trying to put it in a specific box and be like, this is an Asian, like this is a right. Singaporean Chinese story, so we're only going to talk about like the Singaporean Chinese experience. Mm-hmm. And like so much of the criticism towards the movie is like kind of an assumption that it's doing that. But I mean, like when you watch it, it's it's so relatable to so many different people in the fact that it's like, yeah, like. We're going to tell this story that takes place in Singapore with these Singaporean Chinese, um, but it's not specifically about that identity. And there's not going to be one film or one book that is going to encompass the entirety of the Asian experience. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That is... Because we but are like, not a monolith. I am not, I am not like... I am not effing around like like <laughs> this movie does it so like i i really like like anyone can come to me and just be like oh like blah 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 like i will tell you exactly where you are representing this because it's well done a specific story is a universal story yes period yes, yes. and so like don't come to me and be like oh well i'm not crazy rich okay well then you didn't watch it or you're being willfully ignorant or you're <laughs> or you're or you're just dumb and you're not smart enough to do it and so maybe if what you need is representation to be to be dumber that's fine 
like then I'll make you I'll make I'll make you Transformers five like Ooh, fine fine great shade. but like but I don't really anyone who says like anyone who says this movie isn't representative of them it's it's because you, like your project it's because of projection and right, like yeah. it's it's we attack things as Asian people because we are worried that if it's not bulletproof then then we're gonna get hit with shrapnel like that's yeah. what it is because it's, it's like if Crazy Rich Asians to is there's a fear that if crazy rich Asians is bad it means that we're bad but it's not bad so you're not bad oh, it's a hundred percent yeah fresh on rotten tomatoes right mm-hmm. now i was so worried mm-hmm. that it could not be very good i mean like we're all like again to cite that new york article but like this was like the perfect state like you know like statement of how we're all feeling about the you know our anxieties around this movie it's like we're the tiger moms of Crazy Rich Asians. Like, it has, mm-hmm. like, we are so, like, so much is writing on it to be amazing. And, like, not even just, like, in a cultural, like, big picture landscape, but personally, it's like, I, you know, like, I want this movie to do really well because then by it doing really well in this, like, full, you know, like, a studio movie, like, mm-hmm. wide release, yeah. then, like, my identity is validated in the mm. fact that, like, non-Asian, you know, like, so many other people are going to see yeah. this story. And we can have more movies that yeah. have other specific stories to encompass mm-hmm. everyone. Exactly. Yeah. There yeah. are five movies, like, at Warner Brothers alone right now that, like, if Crazy Rich Asians makes over 26 million, probably, in the opening weekend, like, they'll all get greenlit immediately, oh, you know? And, yeah, like, and then every single one, like, there's a, I, like, you know, there's shows at Hulu that are, like, waiting for this to go and if it makes money then they'll green light it like that's there's so much pressure it's so yeah. but like that's the thing like execs do not that's what i hate about not hate i hate so strong word. that's what's frustrating about the asian community is that like we we sometimes we like to, we, we're not seeing the forest from the trees we're not we want we like to cut ourselves off at the knees before we can even stand up because it's like the bottom line is like white execs only see this movie as an asian film whether it represents you or not this is this is the barometer that will set the tone for the next 20 years of Asian American representation in, in film, whether we like it or not. Like it is, the stakes are that high. If this movie does not make $20 million, I don't know if this, I don't know if we'll get another movie in the next, in the next eight years. Like that's the reality of it. And so like, it is so important for this movie to make money. It is because literally dollars is the only thing that speaks to banks, which are yeah. the studios. Yeah. And so this movie needs to make more than twenty million dollars. So go buy tickets immediately. I mean, I'm go. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna yeah. see it again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Ever since yeah. I saw it last week, like on because the, they did the Gold Night Open, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, how do I watch this on a loop? Like mm-hmm. all I've wanted to do this in like for the past month mm-hmm. or whatever is just only watch Mamma Mia two and Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Now it was like the only two things the that are double feature. Mm-hmm. That uh, let's open up a theater and just only provide Mamma Mia yeah. too. I mean, it's so Asians. important if you have Movie Pass and you have because by August fifteenth they're going to be switching over to the three movie. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, if you're an Asian person, like book the three movies to be Crazy Rich Asians. Absolutely. Like, because the bottom line is like I don't know if I don't know if enough was done in the flyover states for this movie to yeah, you know play. So like it. So like we so often in New York and LA live in these bubbles. Absolutely, uh, and so. And so, like, for me, like, I was just like, oh, I knew, like, Trump was going to win because, like, I had a Facebook yeah, from Ohio, you know, <laughs> like, but, like, we, we are, like, so excited and so wrapped up on the coast. Like, we don't, we, like, 
I don't know if we, I don't know if, I don't know, this is too honest, honestly, but, like, I don't know if enough money was put into, like, going to, you know, going to Texas and going to Illinois and going to Minnesota and, like, really pushing for this movie because, like, those are, unfortunately, like, that's, that's where the money, that's the money that, like, we need to see, you know, and so even if everybody in New York and LA go see this movie, like it's, we still need the flyover states to support this movie. And I think we'll see. I really hope it happens. And, um, I think it will. I mean, I'm I'm so hopeful. And it's not even like we need the flyover states dollars for like, that is so, so important, but it's like, there just needs to be more visibility in the flyover states. Because I think about this a lot. It's like, when I think about queer representation, just in general, it's like, yeah, like, I get to see a lot of queers because I live in California. And, like, even though I grew up in, like, a fully red, very rural, very white town um, in Northern California, like, you know, it was still, like, I could drive three hours to San Francisco and see, you know, queer... Like, I knew I was around it, and there was, like, Mm. this kind of safety there. But when, like, you, both of you are saying, and, like, you both grew up in places that are not close to, like, a San Francisco, like, in those flyover states, it's, like, those are the people, like, whether they be kids or adults, who just need to see it. Like, who just, like, need to have people, like, outreach to them and be like, yeah, like, okay, cool, like, we get to have these cool screenings on the coast, but, like, also, hey, like, Kansas City, like, the Asian community in Canada, let's, like, do a thing for you because we see you mm-hmm. and we know that you're starved for representation in your everyday life. Yeah. And, like, this it means yeah. so much more. That's why I'm excited that um, Netflix's movie To All the Boys I've Loved Before is getting released oh, yeah. in the same weekend because that might seem like it's a terrible idea, but maybe someone will watch that at home on Netflix and be like, oh, well, maybe I would like Crazy Rotations then or, you know, vice versa. I think... Hopefully they will help each other out, especially since most people have Netflix. Yeah. Or at least access to Netflix. Yeah. True. Yeah. Someone's absolutely. Netflix password. Somebody's Netflix password. Um, well, to close out all of our podcast episodes, because it's always weird being like, "Hey, get the fuck out." Although somebody did that to me <laughs> when Someone we did, did that to you. no, when we <laughs> did the Angry Asian Girls episode, um, <laughs> Kate like had. A, like a meeting right afterwards and like lost track of time I was like hey like can we can you like go and I was like I love you okay bye you're gonna kick people out of my house. out of your apartment <laughs> so I'm gonna kick you both out of Andy's apartment um no at, at at the end of like all of our Asian podcast episodes um I like to ask our guests who their Bayesian of the week is so in Asian it doesn't have to be somebody who's queer and Asian but or even somebody who is, like, super well-known. Like, mm. they don't have to be a celebrity status or whatever. But somebody that, like, you are, like, enamored with or looking up to or, well, you know, obsessed with. Personally, I, I'm, I'm just going to say Gemma Chan. Because I haven't seen very much that she's in prior to this. I remember seeing her face everywhere during the humans marketing push. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who is that gorgeous human being? Mm. But after it in this movie, she is so poised. So beautiful. Friggin' Audrey Hepburn, Grace Kelly moments mm-hmm. everywhere. And she is such a beautiful, beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. And she seems to be very talented. And I hope that there's a sequel so that we can see more from her character, more mm-hmm. from her, and just Gemma Chan for president. And mm-hmm. also her, uh, what, what 
was the interview that she was doing? Oh my god. The, the Guardian movie. interview. Yeah. Yes. She was asked um, who would play her in a movie, and she said Scarlett Johansson. So if you don't get that, <laughs> then why are you listening to this podcast? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what about you, Nathan? Um, I'm watching right now, I'm on season two of Kim's Convenience. Yes. And it's this incredible, it sits right between kind of a sitcom and kind of like a cable, like a, like a insecure type show and it's just this incredible Canadian cast I think it's like uh, Simu Liu um, Andrea Bong I, I don't really know how to say the names and then like uh, Nicole Powers and the parents and it's it's everything that I want from like an, an, an immigrant family comedy show like it's it's just done so well the writing is so sharp the performances are great I think it's, it's, I don't know, as an Asian American performer and writer, sometimes in, in, in American things, like, you can feel the weight of the world on a lot of, like, Asian American performers, whether it be, like, in person or on screen, and it just is kind of, like, because our opportunities are so few and so far between, and because our representation is not great, like, there's, sometimes we carry a lot of baggage with us in that, and it's just really wonderful watching Kim's Convenience, because people are just, honestly, like, at, at that level of just uninhibited performance where they can just enjoy the work they're doing because they feel they, they because they're they haven't been destroyed a little bit on the inside and I think that that's that's what I've been watching what I, that's my Beijing right now the entire that's first true. episode of the first season of Kim's convenience is about the gay discount. yeah <laughs> it's like hilarious and amazing mm. but it totally has that vibe where they're like they're uninhibited in tackling these like controversial things like because gayness, yeah. yeah, or like anti-blackness because they do yeah. like confront like racial issues like mm -hmm. that throughout the series. Yeah, and it's like fun for them to be like, yeah, like this is a thing, but we're not gonna make it a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And by doing it in that way, it's a much more honest and nuanced discussion of whatever the issue at hand may mm -hmm. be. Yeah, who is my Beijing? Constance. Forever. Obviously, yeah, Constance. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Constance Wu, who, like, consistently the best, and also, like I said at the beginning of this, Andy and I have been, like, the biggest proponents of her getting nominated for a goddamn Emmy because she is just consistently phenomenal and fresh off the boat. Mm -hmm. The writing on that show is also phenomenal. Speaking of specific stories that are still universal, mm -hmm. um... Because, yeah, like, the more specific the story you tell, the more universal it actually ends up being. Whereas, like, if you tell a universal story, you're like, what is this, like, bland piece of something that, whatever. Anyways, Constance is the best. <laughs> and she is my Bayesian. And her, the way that Rachel is written in this movie and the way that Constance plays her uh, adds so much more weight to a character that is the straight man of the movie mm -hmm. like she doesn't have the most interesting things to do especially when you compare her to like aquafina's character who has like showboat the best <laughs> yeah showboat <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> um mm -hmm. and for she brings so much to that performance because i like i was complaining to andy i was like i want constance to do more like i wanted her i wanted more scenes with like pick lynn and That's like because all we that. know she can be so hysterical exactly it just wasn't. But that's Rachel. like, yeah, that's like not the role, or an that's not Rachel. Professor. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's... Uh, <laughs> your fiancé is about to be an economics professor, and right? And he's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she brought so much to that role. And the work that she has been doing along with the rest of the cast and the crew of Crazy Rich Asians in just being so brutally honest about, like, their... You have a... I have a thing to say. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh my god. (laughs) Well, I think that she's... They've all been doing a lot of really amazing work talking about what this movie means. And, like, especially for Constance to be specific about the Asian-American aspect Mm -hmm. about it. She really has. That was really, really important for me. And I think definitely is going to go a long way to breaking down barriers of like self-loathing that many Asian Americans might have towards like seeing a movie that's like Asian. It's like, no, like this is also a movie that's relatable to your experience. Anyways, what were you going to say? I was going to say that it's also not this cast's job to wear Asian designers to everything that they go to. It is not necessary at all. And they are wearing Asian designers, just not 24-7, because people should be able to wear what they want. And yes, you should promote Asian designers. Yes, they are doing that, but it is not their number one job. Okay? So, in sum, everyone take it easy on the Crazy Rich Asians cast and celebrate this movie and the people who are involved with this movie for what they are and what they're doing. And... Like Nathan said, like, this is not going to represent everybody, but that's okay, because it's, like, opening the door, like, buy all the fucking tickets, so that it can open the door to even more stories where we can get, like, the Oscar bait dramas, and we can get, like, you know, something vapid about, like, Mean Girls in the Philippines or something. Ooh. Okay. Okay, we're gonna ride that then. (laughs) Um, so we can just see more stories because we, yeah, like, the baseline for narrative media is not whiteness. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you. Mm. I mean, for Maya. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. This has been so fun. Yeah, thank Thank you you. so much for coming to Andy's house. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but before we sign off, where can people stalk you? Tell, like, promote yourself. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm really only on Instagram, um, at nay3ray, N-A-Y, the number three, R-A-Y. And, um, you can follow Club Mickey Mouse at Club Mickey Mouse, um, on Facebook, Instagram. And, um, yeah, I'm gonna have a couple other things coming out soon, um, which is really exciting. So, yeah. And he just followed you, so yeah. We just met, to be fair. Yes. Um, I am on Instagram and Twitter at Andy Wheatley, A N D I E W H E A T L E Y. I have nothing to promote except for the Gaijins, Project Podcast, and the Instagram, and now our Twitter. Oh yeah, now we have a Twitter, which is at Gaijin Project. No, the just at Gaijin Project which one of our other producers, Nicole, is actually running. Um, thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Nicole. Um, and then you can follow me at mreds, M-R-E-D-D-S, on Instagram, and then at MyReady on Twitter, where I'll probably just still be talking about Crazy Rich Asians and or Mamma Mia. Mia, and then with a sprinkling of Princess Diaries. Um, yeah, well, all right. Thanks, Maya. Uh, Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Nathan. Yeah, thanks for having me.